All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50. I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada. The parts you need when you want them. Welcome to The Real Life, a podcast brought to you by Finning Canada. Over, I think it's a thousand parts. Thousand parts, Majo. A thousand? Is there more than a thousand? You've been sitting in the booth. This is our 42nd (laughs) episode. Yes. You've heard Gregor say it 42 times and twice per episode. So there's more than a thousand is what you're saying. 1.4 trillion. There's at least a dozen parts. Just Basically, they have the part you're looking for at Finning Canada, correct? That, to the best of my understanding, is exactly what we're saying. They've Uh, got parts you didn't even know you needed. No. I think they have parts with none of three can really need. I'm not a part guy. Like, to me, car is a part. Like, it's just (laughs) one part that's the whole car. car. Exactly. And they're like, my car won't go. And then they're like, what part is wrong? And I'm like, yes, car broken. Now taxi. (laughs) In your vehicle, instead of the check engine, it just says check car. Exactly. Like, car light. Ding. Oh, shoot. Could Uh, be the tire. Could be the vent. I have no idea. Could be all of them. Real life podcast. One Agrets, Bag Milk, Mark Michel, what's shaking, everyone? Welcome back. They're having me back. Having, you me, back. having me back. Gregor says to me, I'm taking two weeks off. Yes. I say, of course, sir. Anything you say, sir. Then I see him in passing here in the hallway, and I say, enjoy the last week of your vacation. He looks at me and says, what are you talking about? I'm taking two weeks off starting today. Yep. Yeah. What He's looking think? svelte, though. Yeah, he, he was He's looking, looking great. great. Well, he was still flying half that Bruno Mars concert. He's actually taking two weeks off. He's like a deadhead. People that follow the Grateful Dead, but he follows Bruno Mars around. So he's a Martian. Is that really it? No, I just made that up right now. That's, I think that's actually pretty If you're listening, though. Bruno Mars, patent pending. The Martians. Everyone has, like, Lady Gaga has the little monsters. Yes. Bruno Mars has the Martians. And Jason Greger's probably the head Martian. Oh, my God. He is the head I Martian. Like yeah, so that, that's what he's taking two weeks off. So you get me for a, a couple more. We had fun last week. It was good. They're having us back. Yeah. Having me back, I guess. Anyways. Who are uh, they? The internet. I you. just call everyone. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Oh, no. You're oh, having no, no, no. I'm not in charge of anything. I Thank God you were here to do the intro. Well, that's, well, I did it poorly. That's the thing. I think you blazed right through oh, thank it. You. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we're, we, we covered a lot of things last week. We did. Lost to Star Trek, two Borg references. But one thing we got a lot of good feedback on that I actually, because it's still new to me, relatively new, is like the birth of the nation, how Oilers Nation came to be. Last week, we had the Bring Ryan Home story. Basically, oh, yeah. how you guys got to that. So let's go back in time. Let's hop into our DeLorean. Let's go 88 miles an hour. Let's go back to, let's say, the fall of 2007. Craig McTavish was still coach, I believe. Was Kevin Lowe still the GM in 07? Oh, yeah, for sure Kevin Lowe was Kevin still the GM. Lowe was a GM. Oh, yes, yes. And Oilers fans were still so incredibly optimistic 
We were fine. We were fine in those days. Oh, Joffrey Lupo's going to come. We're going to be fine. We just went to the cup finals. We're going to be fine. We're fine. There was a bit of a blip. (laughs) Two thirds of the roster left. We're going to be fine. So you, you guys trying to launch a website, obviously transforming Bring Around Home into Oilers Nation. What was the first couple of years like of that site when the Oilers were good, not really good, obviously didn't make the playoffs. What was it like kind of slogging through, figuring out how to cover a team kind of on the fly? Well, fortunately, we were so small for the first year that it made absolutely no matter what anybody said. And it was me largely talking. So thank goodness no one was paying attention in those days because I remember saying, like, I don't even know anything. How am I going to write articles every day? And I think I know less now. We're almost 10 years in, which is terrifying. I don't know that I've paid a parking ticket the entire time the nation's been around. <laughs> if you're listening in park <laughs> every year, I got a trick, but uh, no, it was really interesting because like we started up bring Ryan home and then we figured out what analytics were like on the fly. And we're like, what does that mean? And then it's like, this is how your website does. And to me, it looked like every person on earth had come to the website and we didn't know anything about anything. So we uh, were like, okay, we're gonna make like a real website about the Oilers. That would be the funnest job ever. It's not even a job. It's what we would do every day. Like if somebody else had gone and done Oilers Nation, I would be on Oilers Nation every second of every day yelling just as vehemently, right? This was like bound to exist, I think, one way or the other. We just happened to be the people to do it at the right time. When you started out, how did you decide how you wanted to write about the team? Like, did you, like, was there ever like serious Wanye articles in the beginning? Uh, no, no, God, no, no. I, well, I did it with uh, Bingo Fuel, right? And he was a real journalist. And he was like, here, submit me an article and I'll tell you if it's garbage or not. And I just was like, hmm. And I sent it to him. And like, I haven't changed or learned anything in the past 10,000 articles. But just like, this is how I write. Yes or no. And he was like, no, like, you can't write like this. Like, you don't even make any sense. And you're like trying to put videos in for photos. And <laughs> it was a disaster. But uh yeah, I don't know. I just like kind of wrote about how I talk about the Oilers with my friends and this is how I talk. This is how I write. This is how I sleep, eat and breathe. So it wasn't that hard to start talking weirdly. So for the first couple, like basically 2007, to 2009, the team kind of was in limbo, didn't make the playoffs. There was Sheldon Surrey. That was an exciting part oh, to talk that about. That got me through many a cold winter right? night. Honestly, it did. Bagged milk. Can you sexy attest? when he was here. Oh, remember, do you remember the photo shoot? Mm. How can we forget? Do I of remember course. the photo shoot? Surrey, Cogliano oh. and Ethan Morrow. Yes. In the nude, the yes, towels, the body issue. Yes, I believe those players still get ripped for that. But if I look like that, I'd walk around. Half ripped for what? I'd be like, yeah. shut your hole. Look yes. how I look, you ass. Uh, so besides the ESPN, the body shoot, really, that's all I can remember from yeah, two yeah, years of like, hockey. On that next week, being mad, being mad that Eric Cole didn't pan out in the body shoot. The, Something about uh, Sheldon Surrey hurting himself, getting into fights, and the body shoot. If you really looked at the Oilers in those days seriously, there were so many very alarming things happening as this franchise crumbled into dust. Like, we'll just trade our best D-man for a guy with chronic foot problems we didn't (laughs) notice despite him being out all the time due to said chronic foot problems. It should work, right? Let's take our other stud D, bury him in the HL. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, like that, the Tambellini era was oh. looking back not very good. But the Tambellini era led to 09 10, which was kind of rock bottom. That was the Pat Quinn year. No, that was you, not rock you don't bottom. Think you, oh, no. We'll get to we'll get later. That, but really, that, was, that was one shelf on the descent of Mariana's Trench into the bottom of the earth. But if you kind of went into, I remember being cautiously optimistic in 09 10, thinking, Pat Quinn, this is going to be it. They're going to, yeah, of course. This is it. Like that was a team I was supposed to, again, contend. And then. Really, the wheels fell off incredibly quickly. So what's it like, again, a website oh, like dearie. that trying to... Easy, man. Because at the time, every... Like, you have to go through life optimistically. Yeah. Not just about your hockey team, but, like, about your life in general, right? And, like, if every time you come to a fork of the road, you're like, well, everything's probably going to go to shit now. Well, then you're right, right? And, like, yeah. there's people who you'll see, like, their team wins the cup, and they're on Twitter, like, an hour later, like, yeah, but how are they going to resign their fourth D-man? Like, what the hell? Who cares? Like, you just won the cup. Pull yourself out of the gutter. So, at the time, like, Pat Quinn rolling in. I'm like, perfect. He's not a boy in the bus. He'll know exactly what to do. He had a Trident gum deal at one point. That made him some cake. He'll know how to fix this. Oh, yeah. And he had just come off that uh, that gold medal with the World Junior, Junior team, yep. I think. So that kind of alleviated the questions of, oh, Pat Quinn can't work with kids. He just won a gold medal with the juniors. Everything's going to be cool. And Pat Quinn was the right guy like four years earlier, right? And like Pat yeah. Quinn's very sad, right? Because like it's sad, right? He was like an older guy and he came in and whatnot. And like 
his assistants may or may not have been as helpful as they could have been at the time. So one's led to believe. However, he was just super effing old, right? Like an old man. Good for him. You're such a good coach. You're coaching until you're like at the end of the road. But I remember (laughs) like he was, he was a genius coach when he was on his game, but he was on his game like 1963 or some shit. Right. But I remember seeing him in the grocery store. And like he just signed and he was just like strutting down the aisle. And I was like, damn, like Pat Quinn is an imposing dude. He like oh, he yeah. was a giant bear of a man. Like he was just looking for crackers. And I was like, someone's going to get knocked out. I can't imagine <laughs> him in like a competitive situation. He was a, yeah, Pat Quinn was the answer. But yeah, so we had to be positive then too, right? And, and like, that really helped you over the next few years is really, it didn't get much better. The Tom Rennie era, oof. like it really. That was a, that was a tire fire. Tom Rennie wasn't the problem though. No, I actually thought Tom Rennie did a good job. And yeah. I thought punting him was the mistake but you know such was life as the with the oilers at the time where everything just kind of seemed to implode on themselves i thought hiring him was the move i thought firing him was the move too i'm on board with whatever decisions we're making i'm captain rubber stamp we will drink that kool-aid exactly whatever you're selling (laughs) me i'm buying and i'll take two it's not the first time the team maybe made a mistake of uh replacing a coach a little too soon We'll get to that in just a second. But really, at what point did you guys start to see real growth in the nation? Well, this is what you've expanded. This is what's funny with the nation, right? Is that like, if the team had been good and we could have had playoff parties and stuff, we probably wouldn't have focused on the business nearly as much. We'd come into work every day and be like, well, now what do you want to do? The others are terrible again. Like, oh, hmm, I guess we should set about trying to make a network, right? So... Fortunately, I wasn't left to doing all the writing for very long, right? Like we went out and tried to get other writers and Gregor, the man who we saw earlier looking jacked like a little Mr. Clean. He, uh, he thankfully came aboard to a website that was like 24 months old and didn't know what it was doing. It was very clear. And we met with him so many times you'd swore we were his agent or something. And he did the deal with us. And then like three weeks after he signed onto the site, he got the drive time show. Oh, wow. And he's like, boy, if I'd known I was going to strike a ridge, I'd have told you to get fucked. So really it's you're responsible for his growth at 1260. No, no, no. The opposite. We just slid in in the 11th hour, like as the door was closing. We're like, wait, 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 wait. I heard from a very good source that they weren't going to give him the drive until they, whoa, you're with the nation. Oh, we have to give a website. We've never heard of. It's probably going to get sued from a very good source. (laughs) I heard you guys made Jason Greger's career. (laughs) <laughs> no no, no okay. man it's the worst no 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 it's like it's like tito jackson being like yeah i made michael it was because of me i'm a bass player and that's what made him do the moonwalk but hardly you know, you know tito did probably tell girls that from time to time at the bar though hey oh i'm sure tito probably, probably got enough spillover you know what to- <laughs> if i'm tito i'm i'm whatever i can come up with really yeah, that's very true I'll play those games. Of course. Of course. No, I'm sure Tito did very well for himself. Lance Bass did very well for himself, and he wasn't even fishing for that kind of fish, and he still did well for himself. (laughs) So it clearly helped when Gregor showed up, and not, I'm going to say made you guys legit, but it just gave you kind of a grown-up around, correct? Well, what had happened, actually, so we wouldn't have had Gregor were enough for Brownlee. Okay. So I was going to ask you, who came first, Brownlee? Brownlee. Okay. And so Brownlee was like the breakthrough, right? Really? Like, okay. oh, if Brownlee wasn't there, Gregor wouldn't have done it. Really? Even like, get out of here. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But okay. we're, when I kept meeting with him, I was just like, well, Robin Brownlee writes for us. And as far as I'm concerned, like, I love Robin Brownlee. Yeah. I still have, like, articles that he wrote in a shoebox at my mom's house. In your forever chest, in, right? Nah, no, those aren't the forever chest. Oh. They don't they don't merit the forever chest. They're <laughs> nice in like throwback a, for those yeah, podcasts. Yeah, for you diehards that bore through the first few audio-filled problemed episodes. Um, no, Ron Brownlee was the guy who uh, who put us onto Gregor, oh. and I, I would never have approached the Jason Gregor. I mean, my God in heaven, who has such ambitions? But Brownlee seemed to think it was possible. So then we had our little crew. Right. There was like, I think for the time, four or five of us writing. And then my job was to recruit other writers. So I just followed like 900 blogs that posted once a year. And like, if anyone wrote anything and then uh, this dude started cranking articles left and right. And it was Willis. And he was like a month into writing. So he'd written a hundred of what would turn out to be 10 million articles. And he was just a machine. And then we started getting going and then we started putting it into other cities. And that's also during that time where we met uh, bag who was the only real human being as far as i could tell on a website filled with us talking to ourselves and a real person showed up i was gonna ask you do you remember who the first person that you met from the nation was uh like in terms of just a reader or yeah i do i gotta think about this there was a because we we made like four nation shirts i remember i still have one yeah i have the one with the uh it's like a gray t-shirt with gold teeth on it with one knocked out Mm-hmm. You gave that to me at like a, a, a Hudson's party or something. Oh like that. yeah, yes, I bestowed it upon you. 
knowing it would lead to a lifetime of indentured servitude where you can't leave because what would you do with your Twitter followers if you were <laughs> to leave? That thing came all over Asia with me, too. I had a great time in that shirt. I actually met a lot of people from Edmonton when I was traveling in Asia because I was wearing an Oilers Nation shirt over there, and that was like 2009. And they would have just recognized the word Oilers. They wouldn't have yep. known what it was. Well, there's a couple dudes. There was one that actually knew who I was from reading my blog that I used to have. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was just wild. And Where'd then, you meet him? Uh, on Copenhagen, right before a full moon party. Oh, oh, oh. So you so, guys are clearly in a good yeah, state of minutes mind. Minutes before you wouldn't have recognized <laughs> exactly, anybody because yeah. they would have been a talking gumball machine. Yeah. Wow. I was eating sand like two hours later. <laughs> and I met a guy in a, at an Oilers game with my logo. And he was like, hey, is that Oilers Nation? I was like, what? You know what that is? Because we we're like three weeks old. And he was like, yes, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't remember his name. There you go. Here's an old man story for you. What happened long ago? I don't remember. How's that for you? But you guys talk about how you guys are very, we're all interactive on Twitter, but like these nation parties you guys throw, did that just come about when you guys were bored and realized we should probably have a party? Let's Certainly not. We were paid. This is, this is capitalism at its finest, right? We went to pitch originally Hudson's. We're like, okay, we're going to start an Oilers Nation and we need to have goals. Goals are so important. What are your goals? If we can make a website that allowed us to drink for free, we're set for life. This was <laughs> what we thought. Like, never mind fame or helpful technology. We just want to drink booze. And when we were pitching for advertising, we we're like, we've got this website and it's super busy and it's so amazing. Actually, at the time it hadn't even launched. We're going to have this website. It's going to be super busy. It's going to be amazing. Do you know how many people there are in the world? Do you have any computers? Like we had no track record whatsoever. <laughs> and then we're panicking. We're like, oh my God, it's not going well. Like start offering more shit. And we're like, yeah, we'll throw four parties. And he's like, oh, you'll throw four parties? Yeah, sure. We'll sponsor you guys. 500 gift tickets a month and then like a grand booze and free. Well, not free. You can't do free. If you're listening, ALCB, it wasn't free. Uh, I don't remember how you make that lie up to make it work and legal, but you can. Yep. And so we started having parties. And so we just said, like, we're going down here and we would invite all of our real friends. Mm -hmm. And then and they'd be like, nice Internet party. We're like, I don't even know if anyone here is from the site because you never know. And then uh, lo and behold, people started showing up. If you haven't been to a draft party or a playoff party or anything, like I do right I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you've maybe attended one of them, but it's it's like a high school party, except you know and like everyone. Mm -hmm. Is that a good way to sum it up? Like a house party that's at a bar, except you tend to like most people. Well, and this is why I think nation parties, like I always have a blast at nation parties because I go to the pint so much, right? Like I haven't gone quite as much in the last couple of years because I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me, in town as much, but like this is where the nation is just real. Like we go to the pint so much. They put an Oilers nation sign on the wall and they're like, here you go. Now you know where to stand. <laughs> and we're like, no, thanks. Just keep shoveling shooters at us. So for me, nation parties are fun because there are two parties in one. There's like the game time party or the draft party where it's like, hi, hi, remember me Twitter. Yes. Hi. But then like half those people leave, but then the people who stay, then like our normal friends come and then the pints just like generally busy best draft parties have like the draft was seven hours ago. We're just still going like, you know, it's fun. You guys are both, you're both anonymous on, on Twitter. I'm the only person here with the real name, but <laughs> you, he asked, bag milk asked you earlier, what's the first fan you ever remembered meeting? Has there been like a bad interaction from just wearing an Oilers nation shirt where someone says, I read you and you blocked me and I'm going to throw this beer. You've either you guys had that. For me, it wasn't bad. It was actually really funny. One of my one of my favorite ones has happened during the playoffs. I was greased in game two of round one against San Jose. <laughs> That's what I I'm was just about. lit up. Yeah. And so I was in the mood where I was going around. Anybody I saw wearing nation gear, I want to talk to them mm -hmm. in the concourse. Do you know uh, what I did? I've been that drunk. I, I was talking to anybody. I'm like, hey, man, like your hat, blah, blah, blah. And if they were like kind of receptive to the conversation, I would say, oh, by the way, I'm Bag Mill from Oilers Nation. And most people were like... Oh, that's cool. Like I read your shit or whatever. And then this one dude kind of told me to fuck off. Oh yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess he doesn't want to talk <laughs> to me. Like, excuse me. I'll just go stand in line yeah. forever to pee. Excuse me while I cry about this going terribly <laughs> wrong. And then as I get back to my seat, I look at Twitter and I got a DM from this guy and he took a picture of the back of me walking away. Oh, yeah. And he's like, Hey man, just so you know, some asshole is walking around the concourse pretending to be you right now. Really? No, that's just me. I'm not asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Some asshole. Oh, you'd never do that. You're way too cool and enigmatic. Yeah, I'm just like sloppy drunk oh, walking yeah. around like, hey! Every couple of months if you're at the playoffs and you're drunk and want to tell everybody who you are, you've earned the right. <laughs> you've typed initial BM so many times at this point. I sold that from Hulk Hogan, hey? Uh, he does do the HH, yeah. right? 
I saw it on Twitter that Hulk Hogan signs his own tweets with HH, and I thought that was hilarious. So. In case you were, weren't wondering if it was actually Hulk Hogan of course. his own tweet. Well, he has his team, right? It's yeah. funny that it's Hulk Hogan that you notice, not like Hillary Rodham Clinton or <laughs> no. anybody else. Oh, shit, I don't know about that, but the Hulkamaniacs yeah. know. Hulkamaniac, man, I'm all over it. Wanya, you ever had any interesting interactions? No, everybody's been. I've never blocked anybody on Twitter. Really? Never, never once. Never once. Really? No, no. Have you muted someone? Uh, no. Really? No. No. So you just see that cesspool known, like you see everything. Everybody's very nice to me. Really? Yeah, and I've got four hundred million career tweets. I mean, some of the people people have been mean to me. Yeah, of course. But then I just yeah. go out of my way to kill them with kindness okay. because it's funny. It's funny that in like the great mist of four hundred million people on Twitter, you've somehow found me and told me off. Like every time I think about that, it's I laugh because it's very random. But then I'll make a note of who they are, and then I'll follow them most of the time. And then one day when they're saying something completely unrelated, I'll be like, "Hang in there, champ!" And then next thing you know, I have a new friend. <laughs> Smart, actually waiting in the weeds. Oh yeah, to hit him with a belt of kindness to the face. I love it. I think that's how a grizzly bear attacks his prey. I think that social media, you get in what you put in. And you take out what you put in, right? And, like, it's different with, like, little kids getting bullied and whatnot because that's a whole different ball yeah. of wax. But, like, if you go on there and you want to talk some shit, you got to have a thick skin. And you got to just be like, I don't care. Like, people have said shit to me. I just laugh. Like, it's funny. Who cares? Like, if someone, me getting mad at Twitter, like, I've told outrageous lies. I said Sam Gagne was going to be captain and took a pummeling that day, my friends. Let me tell you. But, I mean, I haven't gone out of my way to antagonize people. And that's not who I am in real life. I think that a lot of times on Twitter... Um, people take things too literally a lot as well. Like, I'll make a stupid joke that's just nonsense, and they'll be like, oh, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, you should be better than that. I'm like, first of all, I call myself bagged yeah. milk on the internet. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> Second am not of all, better than that. I've, I've had tweets talking about being alive in the 1930s up in the gold mines up in Alaska. Like, <laughs> don't take me so seriously, bro. No. I don't want to be uh, a journalist. I'm just a dude. Yeah. Just, just a, a dude. dude. Just a Puts on his pants one leg at a time and makes gold records. The only wear, reason I wear pants is because you make me. <laughs> <laughs> the goddamn laws of this country. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to get to. Obviously, we'll go back to the history. This isn't a very the history of the nation know, talk, is it? It's August, man. What trying else? to get an answer out of us. is like trying to put an yeah. oyster into a slot machine. Like You're just <laughs> pushing and it's squiggling <laughs> everywhere and a little bit's going in the hole. I'm enjoying this. I want to ask just what a day in the life at the nation offices is like. You mentioned there's pants because it's required. Yes, but just what's average day in life? Pants filled. Okay, a quick time on the Real Life Podcast. Majo, Wanye, and Beg Milk. It's late and you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day, and tomorrow, bright and early, you start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today. Parts.cat.com. Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Finning Canada. We decided 1.4 million parts. They decided. They decided. Their parts geniuses decided. They, they did, said yes. 1.5 million is too many. 1.3 million is not enough. Well, if we were ordering, they would not have 1.4 million, because it would just be like, well, I don't know what most of these do. Yeah. You have six parts now. You weld them together, Car. and you make a <laughs> Optimus Prime, and then you take <laughs> over with all 1.4 million parts. I think we need some type of tour, Finning Canada. Just us three. Yeah. And they can show us what... Every single part in there does. How long would? It, oh my god, that's a no. We <laughs> would, no, no. Like, hey, can you want to learn how deflangulator works? No, I don't care how anything works. Can I, I didn't leave know, now. I didn't know this thing existed until just now. Exactly. Yeah. Now it's not to say that they're not an excellent company. Let's just be very clear here, Finning. You're fantastic at whatever it is you do. It's just three nerds in a podcast. <laughs> thankfully, speak to your customers, even if we ourselves are not Finning customers. Yes, I'm sure we will be someday soon. I will be. You're in the need for a backhoe, or what's yeah, going on? Eventually, yes. I'm getting old, man. Yeah. Getting old. <laughs> That's good living if you're at a point in your life where you got a backhoe. That's like, very true. I just can't dig 40-foot holes by hand anymore. <laughs> I've just gotten too old. That's where Gregor's going. First, he's following Bruno Mars, and then he has lots of backhoe needs. Yeah. He's going to be working out on the farm. I'm making a man-made lake again, and this time <laughs> I want to save time. Do you have a backhoe? That's the most underrated thing. We'll get back to nation history, but like the, the farm aspect of Jason Gregor still always surprises me. Oh, he's a farm kid at heart. Oh, my God. And, like, he is so happy on the farm. We could do a 40-part series on Jason Greger. Each layer of the onion. Ken Burns baseball. Seriously, seriously, a Ken Burns series on Jason Greger's life would be tremendous. Jason Greger, every time you peel back a layer of the onion, you find it. You know his mom is a PhD? Really? Exactly. 
Holy smokes. From the family farm, she would drive to the U of A every day and do her master's degrees after Gregor and his siblings were older, did her master's, and then her PhD. I think we need to have Mrs. Gregor on the show. Mrs. Gregor is oh, a, that's a good unbelievable lady. You, that would be actually an outstanding guest. I'm going to write that. You should. A Pearl Gregor show would be one for the ages because she's be. so hilarious. Really? She's so direct. I've never met her. Actually. Oh, man. Never... She's amazing. Pearl Gregor is one of the nicest mums I've met in all of mumdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, transition now. I don't know how we're going to get off this topic. Mm. Segway. 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 Now it's the history of the nation. I guess indirectly we are talking about the nation. Very true. Uh, the way the Oilers have turned around on the ice, very different what happened with Oilers Nation. Like, the growth of the site and the team has really been quite different. Yeah, thankfully. I mean, if Oilers Nation had been the Oilers of blogs for 10 years, we'd still have me and Bag Milk talking to each other <laughs> under 10 fake names. <laughs> what do you think? No, we, uh, like I was saying, like, it was honestly the fact the team was so hard to cheer for that led us to coming to work every day because we were selling advertising, we were writing articles, we were trying to figure out how to write a platform, we were trying to figure out everything because we didn't know anything. And then um, we started adding sites. So I think it was 2009, we're like, we understand this perfectly. Let's do Flames Nation. And everyone's like, you sellout, how dare you? Why would you want to make a Flames Nation? You're an idiot and go to hell. And we are like, because we want to talk to Flames fans. And like, where do you go? In our mind, the nation still hasn't achieved its objective from when we started. It's like, where do you go to tell off Sabres fans? Good question. Now you go to Twitter, so there is more interaction. But like, especially in playoff series, it's like, I want to get in the face of other fans and tell them exactly how they suck and how we're much superior. So there wasn't a lot of that for the first 10 years. Maybe now that we're whooping on people, we'll figure <laughs> out how to interact more with other fan bases. But. Uh, we started Flames Nation, then we started Canucks Army, and then we ran those three for like two years, maybe. And um, we started working with a guy, Kent Wilson, down in Calgary, who was a tremendous dude. And I was like, hey, man, I reach out to bloggers all the time and no one takes me seriously. He's like, that's because no one takes you seriously. You're like, oh, because <laughs> no one takes me seriously. And I was like, well, people take you seriously. Would you work with me and help me? And he's like, no. No, I don't take you seriously either. And I was like, oh, all right. But after, again, four or five meetings, just like with Gregor, I won him over with free beers and chicken wings. Every time I went to Calgary for work, I would insist he go out with me and hang out with me. And then he helped us start recruiting writers. And I think at that point, we had like 20 writers. And that's when you started working with us on the socials. When did you yeah, come Yeah, I think it was board? just social. Actually, no, I started doing social right before the last lockout. Which was 2000 and... Uh, 13 maybe 12 13 12 13 season that was a close shave with insolvency (laughs) let me tell you when the nhl does full lockout my god it's hard to have a hockey blog yeah like you and i had had these plans about doing different thing on social we had been walking around downtown we're like this is what we want to do we've got these ideas why don't you come do some social media stuff with me Mm -hmm. and then i did and then for six months we were tweeting about literally nothing nothing it was just what was going on on tv and you know absolute nonsense but at least as opposed to two weeks ago and we were tweeting about big brother and (laughs) yes seriously though kevin i know kevin's gonna don't touch it my roommates are all out it's been very hard not to pay attention but my roommates are all out of town we have two weeks of big brothers in the can waiting on pvr that's good living i know kevin did something but every time i would see bb i just kept scrolling 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 I don't watch big brother we'll get back to shame on you how would you how would you describe big brother in less than 30 seconds Big Brother is a house full of well, I know random characters yeah. Yeah. that are forever on film yeah. and that are constantly poked and prodded by producers to start yelling at each other and for all of our enjoyment, essentially. Big Brother is eight tigers in a cage with three chickens, and they tase them every 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. until one dies and they have to drag it out of the cage. Because like, I don't know about you, like I watch the show on TV and I'll tweet about it a little bit and that's kind of where my obsession ends. Some of the guys at the office, like they're in the Reddit subreddits and they're just digging in what was happening on the live feeds between shows. I respect it. Like they know everything about what's going on. We've done a good job over the years of finding people to work at the nation who are just like the other people in the nation. That's important though, isn't it? Absolutely. We have a very strange culture, a very strange culture. We had a bunch of weirdos in the building, but it all just kind of works, you know? Is a day inside a cafe. Yeah. Is a day at Nation HQ like an episode of Big Brother? Because before we got into this, I picture it honestly a day at the nation. Like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where they're throwing midgets up against the wall of Melbourne. Is that what a day in the nation is like? Or is it a little more subdued? Honestly, that's like for... Yes, it's you, exactly you, like You that. walk in, you get your balls busted, you sit down, more ball busting, write an article, more ball busting. We draw a picture of somebody, 
post it on social media. This is Chris doing something stupid. Here's Chris's funny sunburn. I'll draw a picture of it, post it on social. It's honestly like that where you just, you're hanging out with your buddies, working towards a common goal, busting each other's balls for eight hours a day. What's the most, I don't know which one would be better answers, but what's the most difficult day in nation history? Like, obviously, it seems like a very fun place to work. Mm. Can it be fun literally all the time? Or are there some days when it's a tad more, I didn't want to have to do that or just didn't? <laughs> no, well, I mean, there's there's two different ways to look at it, right? There's like, we're, we're effectively a, a news agency in some strange way, I suppose you could say, if you were going to pick a category on the old category drop down menu. Um, so there's like things that happen to the team. And then there's like nation stuff that happens to us as a group of people. Right. And so, you know, the, my whole thing with the nation, like what is a day like at the nation? Is it like being in the big brother house? It's funny, right? Because the, we work at little brick, right? Which is this hilarious old house in the river Valley that we redid and we put a cafe in it. And we're like, well, if the hockey websites go out of business, cause I'm always thinking everything's going to go out of business and planning plan Z. If the hockey blog goes out of business, at least we have a cafe. And I'm like, if the cafe flops, we can just make more offices for the hockey business. So we took on a super risky restoration project that ended up costing quintuple what we thought it would and whatnot. But by having that approach to it, you can sort of have like a fail safe built in, right? Streets are hard. You got to have every contingency covered. So for all the gangs upstairs. And we're downstairs in like the parents' bedroom of the house that we converted into our office. (laughs) And we're just down there. And there's like, how many people? Probably like, 18 or 19 in a space built for nine. Wow. And so it's a lot of dropping in and dropping out, right? So it's like a really hilarious place. And that's kind of like the environment I think that we like to have. So upstairs, we just leave them to it, right? Like I think it's important for the jobs those guys do. You basically have a job of doing what other people screw around at work doing. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And so like, that's in my mind, like an awesome job. If you're the right person who got crap all the time working at a Canadian car manufacturer for (laughs) screwing around on social media, then doing that for a living is like your calling, but you need to sit around a table and bust each other's balls all day long. You need to have that like, Hey, did you read this? And Hey, did you see this meme? And Hey, did you do this and that, that I think we all kind of do with our friends, but like, that's what you have to have at work. So you, you have to have people who are ultimately friends with each other. What you don't need it's somebody one room over like in our office being like, and the accounting catastrophe of the day is this. And the thing that we broke that we shouldn't have broke was that, right? Like you need to have almost like a separation of church and state. Cause it seems like if you, if it weren't like this, you guys would have gone insane covering a bad team the last eight or nine years. Like if it wasn't a good work environment, you guys would have literally ripped each other limb from limb. Things started to get weird <laughs> before the McDavid draft. Yeah. Things started to get weird to the point where the Oilers were just losing every single night yeah and one of my jobs at the, na- at the nation is to write the wrap-ups so i do probably 95 percent of those and after the you know after the 10th 6-0 loss in a row <gasps> things just got weird so i started posting like taco recipes and like <laughs> just weird shit that had nothing to do with the game i thought it was a hummingbird for 12 <laughs> hours at one point it's just it got weird so like if you don't have that group around you where you can kind of bounce ideas off each other and have some fun then it would have it would have been long. Uh, you mentioned the McDavid lottery. I remember clear as day where I was. I was at a comic convention in Calgary oh, wow. when my phone exploded. Wanye, <laughs> where were you? Bag milk, where were you on April eighteenth, twenty fifteen? The fact you know that date—that's actually a date worth getting tattooed. Sure, a lot if of you're a tat guy, yeah. for sure. Um, I was just at home. I had no plans of watching the lottery. Uh, I just so happened to have the the hockey game on, and they're like, "Oh, now it's time for the draft lottery." I'm like. <laughs> whatever <laughs> Strow, Dylan Strome here we come yeah. I get it um, and then I had to rewind my PVR probably like eight nine times just to make sure that what I actually saw happened so did you watch it live yeah I watched it live so tell me what happened You're, you must I can remember I can't tell you what I ate for lunch but I can remember that 15 second window of my life for all eternity and please memory Jesus may it be the last memory you wipe clean from my mind so as I lie in my hospital bed with dementia at 200 years old in the future I still remember Connor being drafted to the Oilers honestly like I had a little bit of uh all I cared about was that the Leafs didn't get him at four and then when they flipped the card over and it was just like the Leafs will remain at pick number four I'm like nah, whatever too bad for you and then i just kind of went about my life and then the golden ticket flipped around and i was like so where were you standing what were you doing like i was standing detail. in my kitchen yeah staring at my tv okay jaw on the floor dog's scratching at me she's <laughs> like i need to be fed not now dummy. Dog. like no just leave me alone the world just changed this 
is big. So I ran over to my TV. I rewound it three, four times. And then the phone call started coming in. That's when Wanya called yeah. me. He's like, Oh my God, did you see what just happened? I'm in a meeting. I gotta go. And it was like a five second conversation. Oh. I was like, Holy shit, that actually happened. And I'm not just tripping balls here. I was at a meeting, like they said, and I was at, I was at like Earl's. Earl's? Yeah, I was at Earl's. And I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. There's that and the other. Projection. Blah, blah, blah. And then the guy goes to the bathroom and I'm watching the draft and all the sound is off because it's Earl's. Everybody there is fancy and they're wearing 10 piece suits. They go on, ain't got no time to listen to a hockey draft. And I didn't understand and still don't and don't care. Like they're opening the envelope and then you see the logo. They're opening the envelope. And then, so in my mind, if you open up the envelope and see the logo, you're picking third. So I'm like, oh, we picked third. Great. Dylan Strom. Great. Oh yeah. Great. But then I can remember my brain being like, why is the back of the logo gold? And then the other part of my brain being like, because, and then I was like, oh my God. And like, I think I grew an inch like immediately when it happened and like all the hair in my arms fell off because they went straight up and then just flaked off. And I shrieked like a 17th century <laughs> Irish banshee and a moor and somewhere or other and a yeah! type thing. And the lady, the poor lady bringing the tray, dropped the tray on the ground. And like the whole thing shattered. And everyone looked at me like I was some sort of criminal who'd done something. And I just pointed at the TV. And then like a couple people clued in. And then this guy I was meeting with, he came back and there's like a broken tray everywhere. And then I'm like shrieking and pointing. And I'm like, I have to go. Like, I don't care. I didn't pay for the bill. I don't know that I ever talked to the guy again. I did. But I was like, peace. And I just was like, I have to phone bag mail. Like, hello? So what was, I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you, but like, I imagine traffic on that, on your site was like insane for those couple of days. Yeah. And the nice thing is like, so Oilers Nation's maybe 8% of our traffic, right? Overall, like it's not. And so like in my mind, I'm like, call the server company, tell them to add <laughs> eight more racks. And then our tech guy, our, our genius developer, Jeff, he's like, it's fine, man. Like in a day, we'll get like four hundred thousand visitors, and you're talking about getting forty one thousand. This is Facebook, kind of right? Well, like, like yeah, like it's we'll be fine. We we handle that kind of load variant on a regular basis, but it was incredible because I just think that like it'll take scientists two hundred years to explain what happened the day that we won Connor McDavid, and there'll be way more intelligent people than me taking a crack at it but it was almost as though like the 10 years of the decade of darkness of all the Oilers fans misplaced hope yeah. betting on Cam like I'm like Cam Barker's here he'll fix the thing had we had, had, had the tide turned and everybody was super negative then getting Connor McDavid wouldn't have been such a mind fuck except that Oilers fans all the way along were like we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine we're gonna be fine even though we weren't fine and then all of a sudden we were more than fine at the stroke like it was like a lightning bolt from God came down it was like I remember when they drafted Taylor Hall I went to a preseason game that year and Magnus PRV scored a hat trick I against Tampa that, yeah. Bay. I talked like, to him about it, man. And I'm like, Go oh, on. shit. This guy is legit. We are out of the basement. Dust my hands off. Work done. When we were talking to Magnus PRV, yep. Gregor and Streds on the show, I was very excited, obviously. I was like, man, you scored a Patrick in the preseason. I called my sister from the arena. I was like, Magnus PRV Svensson is an unbelievable hockey player. It was sad. He was like, I thought I was going to be unbelievable, too. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry things didn't work out. You scored in the playoffs, Magnus, and you're back, but. It's just one of those things. Or do you remember the hope graphic that everybody was sending around with Hall, Omar? Of course, that was a nation thing. Yeah, nobody's. They're all gone now. But hope never died. No, hope never died. And that's what sports that is, thing. right? That's what sports is. Unfortunately, you gotta you gotta cheer for the logo on the front, and if you if it has your heart, you gotta take into context that if you have a bad team one year, that's not your team. That's just one year of the team, and then you gotta just keep glued to the old hope train, and then one day Connor McDavid walks in and rewards you thusly. I, I don't know if I've heard this somewhere, but I do say it quite a bit, and I'm gonna steal it if no one else has said it. But I truly believe that uh, you don't pick your favorite team; your favorite team picks you. As yeah. much as you would not like, it was rough. I'm sure some years in the deck is the darkest. Mm. You can never want to end back with. There'll never be a time in your life when you don't cheer for the Oilers. Correct. There will never, ever be a time. Did you ever have a different uh, favorite team when you were a kid? I know. Never, like, never, never, when never. When I was never. a kid, and I, never. you know, I'll take shit for this, but like my favorite team when I was probably like eight or nine was the Vancouver Canucks, but that was because I loved Pavel Bure. Mm -hmm. He was like my everything. I had posters of him all over my wall. I had his jersey. I had t-shirts with his face I on I combed it. my hair to look like <laughs> exactly. him. Exactly. And then when he got traded to Florida, I was just like, oh, well. 
I guess I don't like the Canucks anymore. My dad likes the Oilers, so I guess I'll like them too. And then it just kind of sparked that where you start watching with your dad and then it goes on from there. I remember in elementary school, it was extremely unpopular to like the Oilers at my school. Everybody who had a working brain in their head picked a good team to cheer for. Because not to date you, that's like, what, early 90s? How dare you? <laughs> the early 90s? Yes, of the course. No, the mid-90s. Mid-90s? Okay. hat. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no, in junior high, so that would have been like 94. Five to ninety-seven. Oh, okay. So, like the Jason Arnett type of yeah, and like even era. earlier than that in like elementary school, like Stephen Rice, Jason. Yeah, I remember like okay, like do you remember when starter jackets were the shit? I do. Oh, yeah. totally. And everybody wheeled around, right? Like I got an Oilers one, and everybody was like, "Oh, what are you, an idiot? I have a San Jose Sharks one, or I have a Red Wings one, or what are you, a dumbass?" And I was like, "I got an Oilers one." I think I was the only guy I ever saw in an Oilers starter jacket, and I was like. 10 times prouder of the nerd and the Charlotte Hornet ones that I had for a buddy. He's like, this is the hit shit. Look at this teal. And I was like, you're a loser. And ours is all crappy and orange. Uh, like two years ago, my dad was doing a big cleanup of his house. So he's getting rid of all my shit, all my brother's stuff and so on. And then he hands me an envelope full of the, do you remember the starter stars mm -hmm. that if you sent in like a hundred of them or whatever, that, that you get a free true? hat. Did you actually get a free hat? Peeled off the inside yeah, of yeah, hats. Yeah. I, I felt like that was like an urban legend that I, I so. knew. It might've been, but I was collecting them. Oh, how far'd you go? I had, I don't know, like not far. I had like 10, 15. <laughs> so my dad hands me this envelope like two years ago in my, I'm 30 at this point, And he's just like, did you want these? Or I'm like, Jesus, you're just mining away things for decades. Like, for I'm you. in the hat business now, dad. <laughs> Beat it. I turned out. How's that sound? No, I, the starter stars. I found that's funny. This is a really good podcast. I forgot all about those. Yeah. Do you still have that starter jacket though? Because those have kind of come back into style. Again. I would love to have that starter jacket. I, I probably ripped it in half one day doing something amazing. When I was little, I was very hard on all my gear. But no, uh, it, I was always an Oilers fan growing up for sure. Is there a way that I could not be an Oilers fan? I like to think no. But like Gregor, what did he tell me one time? He's like, he's like, this is before Connor McDavid. He's like. You got to take a break, man. He's like, I'm super concerned that you're just going to like have some sort of breakdown and just he's like, go live somewhere really foreign forever. And I was like, I'll show you. And then I went and lived in Mexico for a while. But like, no, man, I, I think there's, there could be a way my heart gets so broken that I like go into like seclusion and don't do Oilers watching. But then secretly I would come back. Did it ever come close in the decade of darkness? No, never. Once. Like never even. No. Nope. I'm like, I'm a young man. I can outlast these idiots. Yeah. Everyone currently will be dead and I will still be alive and I will cheer for that Oilers team. There was never like a Saturday night against the Canucks where it was three or not just a team in general. It was three nothing after the five <laughs> minutes and you were. I got drinking. super drunk and Gregor had a poker party one time and the Oilers lost five nothing and I was so drunk and it was like, ah, I hate the Oilers, but I love them. I'm so torn. More vodka. And then that was when they showed Taylor Hall up in the catwalk <laughs> texting. Oh, yeah. And I just like, I remember standing, they have a photo of it. Cause I just went and stood right in front of the TV. And I was like, he's texting. And then I got so drunk and Gregor just, thought it was the funniest thing and got like in my face and started antagonizing me and stuff. And it got heated. <laughs> it was a good time, but no, I'd never, uh, never give up in the Oilers. The I don't even, I don't even think I've missed a game in years. What's been the low point then? Well, I know the low point for me. Go ahead. Was when Mac T had the press conference prior to Connor. Ooh. Oh, that kind of yeah, gets swept under the rug. No, I watched but, it. I remember where I was. I was like, I have something to do at four o'clock. Do, do, do. Go online, watch. And he was just like, I remember, I can't remember how he worded it, but he was basically just like, next year we're screwed too. Yeah, it was and a defend, developmental year. Or it's something like that. next year, you know? And that was when he said that thing about teams are envious of us being able to make six or seven passes in a row. Oh, yeah. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Six or seven What passes. the fuck are you talking about with your curly mane of silver god hair, Mac T? You have lost your marbles. <laughs> and then I was like, we are fucked. And I remember just being like, we are fucked. And I thought about it from when would they have done the end of season presser? <laughs> November? Like, like, <laughs> like a week before the, the lottery, probably. Because that was first round of the playoffs. So honestly, maybe two weeks before okay, the lottery. Okay, so that was the low yeah. point for me. That since from the six or seven passes press conference to the draft lottery, I was like, like I remember just being like the emoji with a flat line. I was just like for a mouth. I'm like, mm. like I don't know what to think. I'm fucked. I'm thinking in emojis here, people. <laughs> For someone who hasn't missed a game in 12 years, bag milk, what is there one that jumps out to you? And also, before you answer, the way we're recording, these both these guys are are they're they're anonymous online. I'm looking at bag milk like Tim looked at Wilson from Home Improvement. And <laughs> I does. just see the top of his face and yeah. it's wonderful. So howdy neighbor, what was the low point for you? Well, <laughs> 
it's hard to say, man. Honestly, like the low point was, I think going back to what I said before, losing like five, six games in a row and it just didn't look like it was going to get any better. The year prior to Connor's drafting. Yeah. And yeah. like, it just didn't seem like the wheels was gonna get flew better. off there at the one point. Didn't they get like triple shut out in a row or some damn thing? Yeah. Like it was just something obscene like that. And you've got fucking Grebishkov coming back for a second oh, tour man. of duty. And I'm like, oh, is this ever going to end? It wouldn't have. I shudder to think about what would have happened had Kate's not taken Bettman aside and said, there's 300 billion rubles in Bitcoin waiting for you on this <laughs> USB key. Don't worry about tracing it. Give me Connor. Like, I th- I can't imagine that we'd all be like, yay, the new arena's quadruple the price. And yay, the lineup for toilets goes stretches around the... M-. Like, they could be having some serious shit going down right totally. now. Totally. And instead, there's Connor McDavid, like fist pumping in celebration on the side of the arena and Daryl Cates is like, and that is why I'm a billionaire and you have to find change in your ashtray to buy Tim Hortons in the morning. I remember we had the draft party for Connor's draft and actually, I think that was the first time I met you, yeah, Mejo. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. At, at the pint, the entire place is chanting Mejo's name. First time that's ever happened. First and only time that's ever happened. Well, don't like, sell yourself short. You don't know what could happen yeah, down the road. I felt like a wrestler. It was awesome. It but was yes, awesome. I do remember that draft party. So, watching Connor put on the jersey, and then our boy Rick from the pint. Oh my God. He just hands me a shot of Jack. Shout out Rick. I know you're listening right now. You're remembering this with us, Rick. You're here. That's exactly. He hands me a shot of Jack. We cheers. We take it. And I'm just like, man, everything's going to be fine. That was the first time in my life. I didn't hate Jack. <laughs> yeah. Cause you guys love Jack and it drives me crazy. That's just, why you drink Jack. Oh man. The point of drinking Jack is being like, why do I drink Jack? And then you get super hammered. And the next day you wake up, you're like, why do I drink Jack? First time I ever took again? a roadie with you and the Squire. Yeah. We went down to Calgary for that stats conference. Oh my God, is that a disaster? And it was just like one of the longest days ever because none of us are really into stats. No. So we're just, we're there. We're there on behalf of everybody who is though. We're supporting the team. Yeah. We're being good soldiers. And then we end up at the pint and it was just like row after row of jack shots coming my way. And I'm just like, <laughs> you guys are evil. First of all, you make me come to a stats conference in yeah. Calgary. And then this. Well, I, it's logical. Like, let's go to the stats conference. It was fine. Everybody at the stats conference was nice. Yeah, they did. But good. after they had the third set of numbers on the board, it all looked the same to me. And all our phones had died. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the worst part, man. You buried the lead. So we were screwed. But then you have to go wipe your memory clean with a bunch of jack. You wake up in the morning. You can't remember any stats stuff because you're wondering how you threw up one of your fillings. That's right. There's a lot of charts, and I uh, don't remember any of it. So no. he's 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The site's come a long way, boys. It's grown into something beautiful. Sorry to sound that's like very Oprah, nice. Thank you. But it really has grown into something really special. That just not just in this market, but like the nation, like Jays Nation. Because mm-hmm. of a freaking Blue Jay site now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's nuts. I wish the Jays were better though. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just find that with Blue Jays Nation specifically, there's like. That fan base is very kind of, if the Jays aren't rocking it, people don't really want to talk about the Jays all that much. And, yeah. it, and, and it makes it tough because we've got a really good crew of people that are writing there. <laughs> and they're just like, nobody cares about the Jays but us. Come right about the Oilers. Screw the Jays. That'd be why they don't let me go to any meetings, Macho, because I'm just like, who cares about your team? <laughs> Oilers. I, I was just like, hey, I should write about the Jays. And they were like, hmm. What do you want to write about? I was like, can I write about Roberto Alomar? Yeah, he's a like, shit. Dave Stive. Yeah, like catch the taste, John Allerud. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I know. Yeah, the and like, yeah, oh, it's the know. greatest company ever. To be totally honest with you, like to be able to go on analytics and look and be like, mm, I wonder how many people came to from St. Petersburg to hockeyfights.com, and you look and it's like eighty three people. I'm always like, oh, I've never been to St. Petersburg. And, and it's, it's funny getting like the little pockets of things that are happening too, right? Like at Jets Nation. Um, we had an influx of traffic from Finland, which I think is awesome because they're all obsessed with Patrick Laine. And that kind of stuff's awesome just to see them growing in different markets and just kind of maybe surprises that I didn't expect. Well, our third busiest city to the entire network's Helsinki, hey? Really? Yeah. Wow. We were like, what the hell? And then we looked into it. We're like, Google must be broken. And then Google Analytics is like, nope, that's true. People in Finland love hockey. doesn't surprise me that uh, they love Laine. Well, I remember too, you guys brought in Larvin in. Was that the, yeah, the Finnish yeah, yeah. run? I had him That's because we're starting guy. to understand that people in Finland love hockey. So we're starting to work with Finnish people. That guy was awesome, actually. He told me he watched the Super Bowl at Essa Tikkanen's house. Unbelievable. Yeah. Does that not sound like a party and a half? Unbelievable. Larvin and Essa Tikkanen in the Super Bowl. He's a very memorable looking guy, isn't well, he? He is. Yes, He's I a see. monster of a man. He's like the monster in Game yep. of Thrones. And he wore a giant blue wig, just in case you didn't notice him at first. 
the giant Finn walking down with the giant rainbow wig. A friend of mine bumped into the squire and he was walking around this guy. He's like, who the hell is this? Because he was drunk and he's like, I'm here from Finland, from the internet. And he was like, of course you are. <laughs> but like, God bless him though. He nailed his shtick. Amazing. Oh yeah. That was, he gets it. And yeah. it, I follow him on Instagram. Like he's everywhere, man. He's doing his thing wherever he is. He's doing it. I follow him on Snapchat. I have no idea what he's saying to me, <laughs> yeah. but it is riveting. Yeah. He's just walking down the street and he's talking just, you know, doop, 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 you're doop. on the, you're on the snaps. Hey, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Snapchat. I think really, awesome. yeah. Follow me at bagged milk is yeah. Oilers nation. <laughs> I know we're on the snaps. Yeah, we are. Got to be better. Yeah. Are we? I think we're like, we need somebody like 10, 15 years younger than us to work at the this company that just wants to run, Here, run Snapchat. I don't want, yeah, I got, I got on Snapchat. It was all my little cousins sending me 500 photos of the wrinkled forehead looking concerned. I don't know what this photo angle is. Girls and sisters doing like, huh, what's happening? But I'm like, <laughs> huh, this is garbage. I like threw it across the room and I haven't had it since. Like, I don't know that I have room in my life for Snapchat. If I get on it, something's got to go. And I'm down to not that many critical skills left, so I don't know what I would forget if I had to learn Snapchat. I had to start, when I get snaps sent to my bag milk Snapchat, I had to start opening them in front of the missus, because I got boobies. <gasps> no, hold on, I might just get on Snapchat. Hold on, people sent you boob photos? We did a thing where what? every staff member at HQ took over the ON Snapchat. Uh -huh. So I was doing goofy shit like, I'm pretending to take you in the shower with me, here's my <gasps> breakfast, and then I got boobies. And it was the greatest girl life? life, real life. Well, they might've been a picture of somebody else's boobies, but real. Let's boobies. go with they weren't. Let's go. Yeah. Wow. Do you know who sent them? I do. I saw her at the last draft party. Oh. I felt awkward and I, I ran outside like, get me out of this situation. Smoke bomb. That's how you do it when you're from the internet. That's right. You can't just turn off your app and go <laughs> have a sandwich and wait for it all to die down on Twitter. When you're in real life, you got to look these people right in the eye exactly. holes. Unbelievable. So that's what Snapchat is, eh? Boobs. Yep, it's boobs, pretty much. Do you feel like Twitter's dying off? That's what the numbers say. I read a lot of tech journalism, Oilers, and celebrity blogs. That's it. That's all I care about. There's no room for nothing more on the plate. And I think because I'm reading so much bad news about Twitter, but I love Twitter. I love Twitter, too. I love it. Well, I think still, there's still kind of new things on Twitter. One thing I want to say about Twitter is I don't think anyone new cool is still left to join Twitter, you know, like no. we already have our Elon Musk's and our presidents. And what we failed to recognize with Twitter is that just because celebrities are celebrities doesn't mean they're going to be good on Twitter. Yeah. And I think a lot of celebrities went on there and were like, derp. And then everyone's like, fuck you. And they're like, <laughs> holy crap, I'm getting off Twitter. And that was the end of it. Whereas like Instagram, I feel like is a lot less threatening. Yeah. You don't have to cogitate thought and then put it into word. Whereas Twitter, you have to basically be a writer, even if it's only 140 characters. But I think Twitter is also changing now. Like there is TV shows on Twitter now. Like I don't the Ringer think this is going to work. Does a Game of Thrones <laughs> post game show? I don't think this is a thing. Like but, I know they're trying, yeah, but it. like that's but that's a weird. Imagine explaining to like your grandparents that there's a TV show for a premium cable show on a social media network. Twitter is such a phenomenal tool, right? Like if you look at like the, I don't want to get all geopolitical on you, bag measy, <laughs> but I might like the Arab spring and all the crazy protests that never would have been allowed to occur. And like they rip posters off walls and whatnot. If you're trying to plan stuff in a public square and like real time all around them, everyone's using Twitter to plan protests. Like that's insane. That's the future yeah. in a world where, you know, humanity has largely taken technology and use it for pornography and sex robots. <laughs> like here you've got Twitter actually like being a tool with Facebook too, but people are, you know, and now what are we using Twitter for? Now we're using it to watch football. Like what? I don't, huh? Maybe it's not Twitter that's stupid. It's a tool. <laughs> people are stupid. There's like, can I get football on it? Of course you can. Then I'll have the Twitter, right? Like the first, like you're right. Like people do. It's the first time I thought Twitter could be used for something greater was we didn't realize that at the time, but there was a guy that was live tweeting the raid on bin Laden's house. He didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, that's the when you kind of realize, mm -hmm. Oh, this might actually be something. So that was May of 11 and Twitter has been around, I think three or four years before that. Like it's totally grown. And what's Twitter going to be in two years or going to be, are movies going to be direct to Twitter now? Like is star Wars episode 11. But that doesn't even make Twitter sense. Like, exclusive? directed Twitter, like, what the fuck? Like, hey, I can get my NFL season on my toaster. Like, why would you want that? Why? Like, I don't understand. I can, but it's hard. It's hard to forecast where technology is going because a lot of times when companies get a lot of money, they're just like, oh, we're Twitter. We've got unlimited resources. What else is very large that we could plug into Twitter? NFL's like, hi, we take money from anyone if you've got a billion dollars. I don't know. But I think, like, when you look at Instagram, 
Instagram's so popular. People use social media two ways. They follow their friends and then they follow like aspirational people. Right. So it's like, I follow my aunt Jeannie, but then I also follow like a bikini model. And when I see her come up in my photos, I'm like, yay, you can be a lot more of like a voyeur in the creepiest <laughs> sense into someone's life in the creepiest sense. You're imagining that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Guy who got Snapchat boobs sent to him. <laughs> um, but then you've also got this second group of people who are like, look, I baked a raisin cake. It's going to be got, on my tombstone, by the way. And you got to figure out how to like mute the idiots. And like now, if you unfollow somebody, it's like the greatest offense in the history of time. Yeah, I've never heard it. For Twitter, I think to like adjust, they have to, you have to figure out how to just make sure you're following like the news channel, not the guy down the street, because everyone has an equal say. Yeah. And the font is the same size. And like fake news and all this crazy shit that's happening, it's because like news is like completely decentralized now, right? And like when, remember when J Rock shouted me out? Yeah, totally. Is one of the defining moments of my life. I almost drove off the road. That to me is the high point of the nation, non-Oilers related, was when <laughs> Jay Rock shouted me out and then it got 750,000 views. Yeah. And I was like, what in the fuck is the wrong with Earth? Like 750,000 views. Like Jay Rock's my dog and clearly I'm very internet famous bag milk, but 750,000 views. Like did 750,000 people watch the last parliamentary debate? Mm-mm, but we're using technology for Trailer Park Boy guy to shout out hockey thing. I don't know. I love I love Twitter for the interaction you have, the immediate interaction yeah. you have. Like for Oilers Nation specifically, there's nothing more fun to me than when Oilers Twitter is really rolling during a game. Yeah, and I don't care if it's going well or if it. Some actually, you know what? Sometimes when it was going bad, that was yeah. the most fun I ever. The only had. Like, fun there was for reasons to watch every game for so long. Twitter was the funnest community ever. Like the the year they released the Here Come the Oilers hashtag, oh my God. and then laid a thirtieth place finish down. Twitter got me through. Like, those are my friends. Like, I'm friends with people from Twitter. That was, it's the best. It's like that community involvement with the people that are reading the website and they know they can reach out to me. They can reach out to Wanya yeah. and we get back to them. Oh, yeah. I love that I'm part. I'm bad at getting back. My DMs on Twitter, <laughs> there are many I have not read because each one is a Pandora's box of issues I have to solve. <laughs> Usually. We don't have all the answers on Twitter yet, but we're working on it on the Real Life Podcast. Hopefully, the next time we're back, we'll have more answers on where Twitter's going. Is this a good show? Like, was this fun? Is this what, I don't know how to do a podcast. Like when I'm with Gregor and Stradwick, they're like, here's Tony Bennett. We're doing an interview with him. And now we're just like talking about normal stuff. Like I I don't, what do you think? Personally, when I'm listening to a podcast, I just want to listen to dudes, have a conversation about something I care about. Really? And I think that we have an opportunity to kind of reach out to our audience and maybe expand that audience and kind of give them a little bit of insight into things that they're probably interested in about that we just think is boring stuff. Like for Majot to ask, what is a day like at the nation? I know because I get emails and tweets and whatever, people want to know what we're doing at the nation, despite the fact that really, you know, upstairs on the whiteboard right now, there's literally a ranking of nuts that we got sent to us at the office, which ones taste the best. Yeah. Didn't send any of those down to the adult's bedroom downstairs. That's nah, nice. you guys get all your nuts down there. You're <laughs> probably still sucking away some of that sweet chocolate down oh there. Oh my God. That was a great year of unlimited candy. What do you think, Majo? Do you like the show? I enjoy this a lot, actually. I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't like it. I, I would not. I feel like you're pretty guys. nice, and like you're working nice, here, yeah, and like we just be no. like, Majo, come to the show, and you'd be like, whatever. I agree with Bag Milk. I think if I just like hearing people have a conversation, I like being a fly on the wall in conversations, and I think that's what we've done the last two weeks. I'm sure I got a couple tweets saying people enjoyed it as well. So yeah, feedback like, was good. Yeah, yeah. Like I want to listen. So I I think that. The interesting thing about doing a podcast, because this isn't like doing an article or this isn't like talking on social media because there's no one answering. This to me feels very lonely, right? (laughs) Like if I go on Twitter right now and I'm like, suck it, I'll get 200 million people telling me to suck it. And I'm like, no, I'm having fun, right? These are the dramas I create for myself to entertain myself till hockey comes back. Whereas here, it's like we could be, I understand why media people turn crazy because you're just (laughs) talking and you're like, blah, 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 blah. And everyone's like, and there's no feedback, right? The fourth imaginary chair in this room, if we're going to really commit to doing podcasting, could have anybody sitting in the chair. Sure. And we could be talking about anything. Right. And like, I I imagine like a Wu-Tang Clan approach to podcasting where it's like, oh, okay, this time it's Method Man, but oh, Inspector Dex here and blah, blah, blah. Like we have four podcasts across the nation right now. They never talk to each other ever. I think we're getting a radio show in Vancouver. We have to support that with talking. We'd be like, hi, it's Edmonton. Suck it. Right. Like we have to. And so figuring out a way that like 
you know, this week it's these four people and the next week it's those two people and these week it's these people and like maybe you have your own show again or blah, 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 blah. I think figuring that out, you have to just start talking and see who meshes well with who and sure. stuff like that. Right. I think we also have an opportunity to take more interaction from the people that are listening to this thing mm-hmm. and whether that's questions or whether they offer feedback. Cause when we were doing the North by North Gretz podcast, some of the best ideas we got were just from people that were listening to it that right. would send in a tweet while they knew that we were recording at this right. time. So they would tweet at us and just be like, it'd be funny if you mentioned this. And a lot of times that would take us down a rabbit hole that we didn't even expect. Like, I think that we should have this show in my mind is the show that the other shows come on. And they're like, hi, I'm from the Gregor and Stradwick show. How are you? Like, oh, yeah, you're the actual professionals at doing this, right? (laughs) And then they come on for a week and we do a thing where we talk to the Nuge or Lucic or something crazy like that because I think that would be insane. Now that I've gotten Jordan Everly out of the old system, I could interview the Pope. I could give two shits, right? Like, although the pontiff, I shouldn't say. (laughs) He's an amazing man and Vatican City is very well run. However, um, I'd like to do some shows like that. And I'd also like to do some shows where we kick, kick it and sit around, right? Like Gregor and Strads, they're not listening, so I can say this. Like, they're a little bit older than us, and they don't understand all of the <laughs> things we talk about, right? And then I also think that we should try and get another podcast going that is like of the North by North Gretz variety, right? Where you're like, if people want to talk about like what's going on upstairs, I don't know what's going on upstairs. I'm downstairs in the yelling office where there's all the problems <laughs> so that the nice people sit upstairs and don't have to think about terrible things all day long, like revenues and expenses. So using this as like a way to figure out how we're going to make all that happen, I think is really interesting. And in the meantime, I know Gregor and Stradwick don't want to go on every week because they have like children and family, but maybe we can like mix them in sometimes and stuff like that. And if you guys decide you're going to do a coup d'etat one day and kick me off the show or I go solo and drop my own hits, you know, they all kind of fit together. Does that make sense? I think so. I think having a network of podcasts where they interact with each other would be cool. I want to get belligerent and go as like a crew onto another podcast and just six on six, t- smack them down. Cause Connor McDavid just dropped 12 points in three games. Like I want to seek out fans of other teams and be like, ha ha ha. This is some East coast, West coast. The West coast ain't got no love for Snoop Dogg. Exactly. Or East coast. Exactly. Sorry, I got, I got my, at the, got, at the BT awards. Yes, you know, exactly. See, I couldn't have this conversation with Stredwick and he no. didn't know who an Elon Musk was. You could what? try, but... I didn't know Elon Musk was. That was funny. And, like, legitimately did not know who Elon Musk was. No, I get it. Like, there's so many... I was wearing a SpaceX hoodie <laughs> while he was talking, and my little rocket shoes were lit up. Like, embarrassing. I just assumed he drove a Tesla or something. Probably. He's a very rich former NHL athlete that has been on a yacht with Garth Brooks. God bless I cannot him. identify with this because <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I've, I've seen a yacht once. Yeah. I know who little yachty is. Is that a yacht? He didn't know who Elon Musk was, but do you know who Louis Lamour is? That yes, I do. That is that weird cowboy writer yeah, he read all the time. Know, you, no, I, I only know, know because we talked about okay, it. Okay, yeah. Like, have, what the fuck? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. Read the written books. word. I'm a Twitter man. But no, I think we have lots of options here. And hockey season's still what two months away, so we have oh, lots yeah. of options. Here and Gregor apparently just went on vacation for two weeks. No, he's a Martian. He is currently in Naples, Florida, getting ready for the next Bruno Mars show. So hit us up with ideas. Yeah. Tell us what you want to hear about. If we're getting good ideas. I mean, that's, that's what I miss about this is like, we should almost take calls or something. That'd be Ooh, funny. That'd be, be awesome. We could taking calls. Do we have the ability great. to take calls? I we, assume we're so. Why we're in a radio the, studio. We're not allowed to say that. We're not? Yeah. Cut that out. It's fine. I'll just bleep this whole over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just record like a song I'll over put this some whole. generic music over it. No, we would be able to take some calls at some point. So yeah. do you guys want to talk to us then? Is what we should be asking. That's exactly the thing. I would love to talk to people. I'm sure people want to talk to you guys. I'd like to talk to Bag Milk. Hi, bag milk. It's Bonnie calling. calling. (laughs) Yeah, hello. You suck. Well, no, we can actually do is in post. I'll put all our voices so it sounds like we're all on the phone together. Bag milk. This is your mother. You are not my baby, and I hate you. But no, ton of mom. What? Guys, want to call in mailbag questions? Like we can really do. The world is our oyster. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I think the interaction with the people that are listening to this and the ones who make the Nation Network what it is. Yeah. Could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Give the people what they want. There's a lot of interesting people out there that read the site, and I'm sure that uh, they have good ideas. And there's a lot of people that we can probably get to come on the show that would ordinarily never talk to us in real life, that under the guise of being like, we're really popular in Northern Canada. Everyone will be like, I'm not popular in Northern Canada. I'll give them 45 minutes of our life. (laughs) You never know who we could get on here. You said it, Maja. Like, you never know who you can get on the show if you try. Yeah. If you have enough enough time and enough energy, you can probably get it. We could get natural gas magnate T Boone Pickens on the show to tell us. 
us about how he figured out that the prices were going to crash prior to the collapse. So sentence, I didn't know what you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, a lot of, a if lot anybody of out there gets that, congratulations. <laughs> a lot of stuff coming at. That's Wanye Gretz. That's Bag Milk. I'm Mark Mijo. This wraps up Real Life Podcast brought to you by Finning Canada. 1.4 million, correct? Million with an M. Millions. Million parts at your service. That's Finning Canada. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.